Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We have an example, Pat, of somebody going full Evan McMullen in the 2024 presidential race. Folks, hear me out on this. Never go full Evan McMullen. Never. Also, Pat, would you be surprised, shocked, saddened, angry if you knew that um, the kids were the target of the greatest misinformation campaign during the COVID-19 scandemic? I'm pretty pissed off when the kids are the target of anything anymore. Yeah, yeah, especially, you know, the target of the pornographic uh, gender ideology crowd, too. But, um, you know, it being Pride Month, we're, we're not supposed to talk about that. But anyway, it's ironic that the candidate who literally told us last week, Pat, that the slogan for his campaign in 2024 is truth, speaks none of it this weekend. And goes full Evan McMullen. So we're going to talk about that and much more. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni. And this is Critical Thinking. And if you haven't figured it out by now, Pat, I think we can let everybody in on whom went full Evan McMullen this weekend. Oh, yeah, I guess I guess we could. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Do, do you do you dare say the name? Uh, I think it starts with a V and ends in Ivik Ramaswamy. You are correct. Vivek Ramaswamy. And, you know, having been somebody who saw and heard McMullen in 2016, saying the right things, doing the right things, having a different style of campaign, right? I thought to myself, um, that's better than the personal foibles of Donald Trump and and the fact that I just don't trust that he's going to do what he says he's going to do, and he largely didn't, by the way. Um, that's going to be a big-time hit point in the 2024 election cycle, but hey, we'll talk about that later. And then seeing what Evan McMullen became post-election, 
I am hyper, hypersensitive. I don't know about you, but I'm hypersensitive to anybody grifting their way through an election cycle. Yeah, I don't want to be duped again. I didn't like being duped in that election cycle, particularly. You know, it just makes you feel like an idiot, really. And it's different than your typical team GOP, I know what's coming, right? Right. This was somebody who told us that he's going to campaign different, govern different, be different, and then just turned into an absolute raging leftist lunatic because mm, Donald Trump. I would put him up in the top five, along with Adam Shifty Schiff. Um, what's the other guy from California? Um, Swalwell. Oh, yeah. Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. Um, the ladies on The View. And Evan McMullen and his ilk. Um, as the biggest grifters and the biggest um, repeaters of the absolute trash that was the Russian collusion hoax, right? Yeah. So when I when I see somebody telling us this week, you know, big splash campaign on Twitter, right? Truth. Vivek, Vivek 2024. The campaign's about truth. And I'm going to speak truth to power and I'm going to speak truth to anybody who's lying and and I'm going to make sure that I'm a free speech absolutist. And then never attack Donald Trump for the absolute trash and lies that he's been telling. And then attempting to manipulate and obfuscate his way through an attack on Ron DeSantis. As I said to you, Pat, this weekend, I'm getting very big uh, Evan McMullen vibes here. And I wanted to get your thoughts here because over the weekend, um, this is what this is what really started it all for me over the weekend. As you know, Pat, it was this. And Vivek tweets out at Ron DeSantis signed a hate speech bill earlier this year at his donor's request. I respectfully disagree. The right answer to bad speech isn't less speech. It's more speech. That's the American way. And Vivek is, isn't somebody who doesn't believe in free speech because he has told us multiple times, Pat, he is a free speech absolutist. But, Pat, uh, Vivek also went to explain further why he believes that Twitter is an important platform and his views on free speech. So let's hear him out on this. The whole premise of this discussion is predicated on the fact that Twitter is the forum, is one of the main forums for open public discourse and debate today. It is one of the, one of the reasons I love this program is that people with diverse views can come together and exchange those views. We have lost those sacred spaces. Say what you will about Twitter. It is one of those few spaces on the Internet today where people are still able to engage in dialogue outside of their echo chambers. Come back to your question, though. Pelosi is very dangerous. If you look at the Capitol, Washington Post put out a story yesterday about how the Capitol Police watched this break in or would have if anybody was monitoring the cameras. The stuff that was said about him it, it definitely leads to additional violence. And you can say this. I'm not saying this just about yeah. the Democrats. This is definitely a situation where Republicans have been put in this position. We're going to have Sc- uh, Scalise on, who was shot. 
He's going to talk to us about these. So, so this I mean, is, it's, but it's, Becky, the only thing I will tell you is this is not unique to this moment. We have been having this debate in this country since 1776, since 1789. This is the fundamental American debate. It is the bargain of free speech in our country. All right, free speech is not intended for the speech we love. It is intended for the speech that we do not it love. Should not without be it, it's not a free speech false. country. You can have your opinions, but saying that things are facts are dangerous. So here's here's my view on this. If you're going to take down false speech, the company bears the burden of proof to demonstrate that it was actually false. Because free speech is not a liberal arts luxury. So the pursuit of truth that depends is. on it. The pursuit of truth depends on it. In all situations, you can have an opinion, but there are certainly facts in certain cases. To be able to say whatever garbage you want until you are proven otherwise is not what you So, saying. Becky, you'll take a look at the debates around closing schools. There were people who were censored on YouTube, on other social media channels for making the arguments against school closures. Now we look back and say that, that were, those are probably policies that we regret. I believe we would have gotten to the right answers sooner if we had not censored those views. Okay. Do you agree with that? What do you have to say on on Squawk Box, on CNBC? I think there's a lot there to agree with. Okay. I think think having more of a dialogue, especially like we're getting into COVID and school closures and stuff like that. Because a lot of the a lot of the things that were censored on YouTube and other other platforms were later to be proven true, yet they were censored to begin with. If they mm-hmm. weren't censored, would we have gotten to the truth sooner? Maybe. Can you say that definitively? No, but I think the chances are higher. Um, and so, so I do agree agree with things like that. Um, you know, I I do think that you know. We, we have been having the, the whole free speech debate since really the beginning of the country of what that means, what you can and can't say in certain situations, what uh, how you express facts or opinions and, and, and how those are interpreted and mm-hmm. uh, put out to the public. I, I, I think I think he's right about a lot of these things. I think he's right on that. Here's the problem, yeah. though. Uh-huh. When people push back on his speech. Yeah. He has a massive problem with that. He does not like more speech. He really doesn't. And I'm about to show you why. Because, Pat, in this tweet, right, you'll notice something if you're watching on our Rumble page, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Vivek, again, put out that Ron DeSantis signed a hate speech bill, right, at a donor's request. The right answers to bad speech is not less speech, it's more speech. That is, that's the American way. If you were to believe that to be the truth, right? Dave Rubin yeah. points out at the very bottom, this is a total lie. What are you doing? Okay, so let's suss this out, right? What is Vivek's case on this? He says, Dave, it is absolutely true, and we need to respectfully be able to have legitimate policy debates without taking it personally. The Florida law prohibits people from distributing certain kinds of literature, but not others. That's absolutely a hate speech law. Your, your quick thoughts here, Pat. Would that be, would that be limiting speech? So, so let me just for for the sake of context, what what does the Florida bill actually eliminate in terms of literature? Is it pornographic? Uh, I'm glad you asked. I uh-huh. because I was curious about this too. Let me see if there is a truth to be had here. 
right? Or is it just interpretation? Right. I'm going to give you this, okay? Here's the crux of the bill. HB 269 is what he's talking about. It prohibits a person from intentionally dumping litter onto private property for the purpose of intimidating or threatening the owner, resident, or invitee of such property. Prohibiting a person from willfully and maliciously harassing, threatening, or intimidating another person based on the person's wearing or displaying of any indicia related to any religious or ethnic heritage. Creating a new prohibition against displaying or projecting using any medium an image onto a building structure or other property without the written consent of the owner or the building structure or property. Creating a new trespass offense if a person who is not authorized, licensed, or invited willfully enters the campus of a state college or university for the purpose of threatening or intimidating another person and is warned by the institution to depart and refuses to do so, and then finally prohibiting a person from willfully and maliciously interrupting or disturbing any assembly of people met for the purpose of acknowledging the death of an individual. So just to kind of quickly sum that up, it's basically saying these things are limited to those that do not want to participate in this kind of speech. That don't that don't do not give their consent. Yes, it, so it's also limited to private property versus public property, right? And private right. and private um, gathering versus public gathering. Right. So, in other words, you know, you can't come to my house and, you know, put you know a pride flag in my yard and call it free speech. Basically. I mean, so you can get into whether or not this law needed to be there, right? We can get into that right. because you could argue that example would just be trespassing, right? Right. So what they did was create an enhancement of that. And when you actually look at the bill itself, Pat, there it, there's uh, a section that defines what litter is. And it is dumping like a massive amount of stuff that you, you have to get to a certain level for this to even count as an extra charge outside of trespassing, right? Uh But are we talking about speech, Pat? Did you notice what we were talking about? It it didn't really seem to talk about speech to me, though. No, it wasn't talking about somebody's ability to speak. can, Can I go onto your property and get in your face and intimidate you um, and call you all sorts of names to your face? No. Not on my private property, no. No. It's it's number one, that's assault, actually. And number two, it's trespassing. People don't realize that verbal verbal confrontation is an assault. That's not battery. That's assault, bro. Like if I'm going to if I went up to you and said, I'm going to kill you because you're a ginger, right? Right. You just assaulted me. Mm -hmm. I just assaulted you. Mm-hmm. Especially if I did it on private property. Now I insult you quite often on this show, <laughs> but but <clears throat> that's that's my point, right? Well, yes. But more importantly, did any of that talk about somebody's ability to speak? No, no. It is about action, and and this is the problem that I have with Vivek, right? The, the interpretation here. 
You're supposed to be about truth. In fact, Pat, I'm going to pull something up here um, that I've I've wanted to to pull up for a little while here because <clears throat> he pinned a tweet. He said, truth, God is real. There are two genders. Human flourishing requires fossil fuels. Reverse racism is racism. An open border is no border. Parents determine the education of their children. The nuclear family is the greatest form of governance known to mankind. Capitalism lifts people up from poverty. There are three branches of the U.S. government, not four. And the U.S. Constitution is the strongest guarantor of freedom. I mean, that's all true, great, grand, and wonderful. That's all true. I love it. This ain't true in any way, shape, or form. And in fact, um, Vivek's, one of his mutual acquaintances, if you will, Ben Badejo, at at Benjamin Badejo, Vivek, you are lying. Merely distributing literature could never be illegal under this bill. A person could, for example, hand out anti-Semitic literature saying Jews are evil without violating the law. But if the person were to harass someone with it, meaning not just offer it, but pester or forcibly give or refuse to leave alone while they are wearing a Star David necklace or a kippah or a yarmulke, the uh, person could violate the law. Not because of the anti-Semitic speech, which is legal, but because of the action, which is harassment, not the speech, the action. He points out, you're a law, Yale Law graduate. You're smart. You're well-versed in legal reasoning and interpretation. And you and I have many mutual connections from our professional network and work histories, all of which make me especially disappointed to see you, of all people, stoop to this level. So I just, I, I have a question for you, Pat. Yes. Why? What is the point of this? Because Vivek continued to go down this road all weekend long, talking about how he's a free speech absolutist. Uh-huh. Notice, I mean, we know this with the Donald Trump campaign, and mm-hmm. there seems to be this the, the, the same truth for Vivek's campaign, that they are both mutually going after Ron DeSantis hard. I haven't really seen Trump go after Vivek. I haven't really seen Vivek go after Trump. And if and if Vivek has, it's not been to the level that he's gone after Ron DeSantis, which mm-hmm. tells me he sees Ron DeSantis as the biggest threat to his path to victory um, for 2024. So he's going to do anything and everything he can to throw Ron DeSantis on the bus. However, while that is, while that is understandable from a campaign strategy standpoint, mm-hmm. Who the hell is running your campaign in, in terms of political strategy and how you're going after opponents? Because there are there are plenty of things that you can go after Ron DeSantis for. Don't get me wrong. There are plenty of things. This ain't one. Um, if, if you're going to go after him for something, it needs to be true. It needs to be thought out. It needs to be not necessarily sourced in this case, but it needs to be reasoned. Uh, it can't just be something that you're grasping for straws on, because if you're grasping for straws with Ron DeSantis, you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. And, and th- what this is a losing campaign strategy from Vivek, and whoever is running it should be fired. If I'm because here's the other thing too, 
I don't think Vivek is just coming up with this stuff on his own. I think it's his team behind him that are putting this in front of him, and then he's taking it and running with it. That's crazy. And that's, again, losing campaign strategy. A thousand percent because because here's the rub, right? You have come out as the truth candidate, right? The guy that wants right. to speak truth. And there are some things that you do really well when you are speaking that truth. And you're saying the right things in that statement, right? That that kind of mission statement, if you will, those those nine things, right? Boom, 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 boom. All very succinct, easy to understand, easy to digest. And then you come out and do this. And he talks about well, free speech, Pat. And yeah. and I want I want to go here real quick before we talk about the rest of his imploding campaign. Because he says this, and this is from back in early May, okay? The American bargain is that, for better or worse, we settle our political disputes through free speech and open debate. The best ideas win when no ideas are censored. Government must stop using the private sector as its censorship bureau. And then we go on to note that he says it, uh, 21 hours ago, so just a, just about a day ago, right, that I'm a free speech absolutist and refuse to stand down because what happened when he put that, that, that tweet out about Ron DeSantis and the hate speech bill, he got nailed with a community note, noting there's nothing about speech in this bill. It's about action and intent, right? You, free speech ends when you harass somebody. When you are physically abusive to somebody, when you violate their space, that ends your free speech rights. If I get right up in your face, Pat, I've committed an assault. Your free speech ends. I have the right to pop you right in the mouth if I wanted to. Every right. Now, he says that the Twitter community notes that they slapped on my tweet yesterday has now disappeared because they were dead wrong. The at gov Ron DeSantis law, which he signed into law while abroad, is absolutely a hate speech law in effect. We need to be able to debate that in the open, and I don't believe in silencing speech through mob rule. <clears throat> Just a month ago, you talked about mob rule. You just said the best ideas win. No, they don't. And this is the falsehood of free speech absolutism. Okay. I believe in anybody's right to speak how they want. Right. We also have talked ad nauseum about the fact that free speech also doesn't mean free of consequences for your speech. Correct. Correct. Okay. That is an absolute. This is what Vivek wants right here. I want to be free of any sort of of any sort of consequence for my speech. Oh, I just should be able to speak whatever I want and just leave it in the ether as if eh. No, the community notes exist for one purpose and one purpose only to give context and to give clues and to give people more information, not less information. And people can choose to take it or leave it, by the way. That's why they exist. And you got nailed with a community note, and it wasn't taken down, by the way. They don't remove community notes. See, I'm part of the community notes uh, 
community, if you will, right? I don't know if you are, Pat, but I have the ability to vote when something comes up that I'm interacting with. That's what happens. You can vote it down or helpful or not helpful. And if it's not helpful, it gets taken away. And it doesn't get taken down. It gets put into better context, right? It might say this this note is helpful and this note's not helpful. And you can take and leave it for what it's worth. But more importantly, Pat, you can't have it both ways. You can't say I'm a free speech absolutist and then somebody exercises their free speech to tell you you're dead ass wrong and then complain about that. I thought you were about open debate. This isn't about shutting down your speech, Vivek. It's about giving context clues to your speech. This is Evan McMullen 2.0, folks. Also found out this weekend, Pat, guess who was buddy pals with one Jared Kushner? Um, Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek Ramaswamy, yeah. Who just so happened to take multiple meetings in 2021 with Jared Kushner and others at Mar-a-Lago. Gee, I wonder what that was about. Yeah. Um, hmm. Could, and, and again, it could be totally innocent. It could be totally that they knew each other from, you know, their days in New York and the hedge fund world and all that stuff. And that's fine. I'm sure, not, I'm not sure, saying yeah. anything. Possible. But you can't be free of that criticism either. Because again, who are, who are you going after? Because if you're a free speech absolutist, you should be equally worried about some of the things that Ron DeSantis has done in Florida. This ain't one of them, by the way. Um, I would suggest kind of what he's doing with the new college of Florida is a little dystopian, free speech, anti-free speechy. We'll talk about that another time. But look in the mirror at Donald Trump, Vivek, and, and tell me that man's about free speech. No way, no how is that man about free speech. He's about speech that he likes being free. And then the things that criticize him not being free. At that point, what's the difference between you and the left? Yeah, it's a very, very, very good question. And it, then, Pat. I go back to, I go back to Ben um, Bedeo's last, last word in that tweet is that uh, it's disqualifying. Um, speaking of disqualifying Pat, he then went on the campaign trail and decided to talk a little foreign policy, specifically oh Taiwan and the Chinese war saber rattling. We will export our Second Amendment, making sure you want to deter them from going after Taiwan. We will tell them, you know what, we believe in a Second Amendment in this country. Guess what? We'll put a gun in every Taiwanese household, train them how to use it. That is how you make Xi Jinping think twice. We got to think on the timescales of history instead of just the timescales of election cycles. Your quick thoughts here, Pat. <laughs> how, how does that solve the problem with China? First of all, the AR-15 is a terrible idea. If you wanted to give them, I don't know, an M-15? Yeah. 
but 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 here's here's my other thing. I wouldn't I wouldn't just if, if I'm us, I don't know that I would just give Taiwan weapons because it, China could look at that in a very different way. First of all, because because um um, what would be the what is the attempt here to what deter China from going to war? Right, right. Okay, but but just just giving them guns is not necessarily going to deter them from going to war. They more, more importantly, anything, Pat. Uh, d- 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 just just going pew pew pew. Um, is, is I'm pretty sure China's got pretty advanced fighter jets, right? They've got yeah, uh, nuclear weapons. They've got missiles and tanks, tanks and yeah, yeah aircraft I, carriers. I, just, I I don't see how guns by themselves would make Xi Jinping think twice when, especially if you feel that you have superior firepower. Now I will say this. I get where Vivek is going, right? Because an armed populace, you would think twice about invading. Okay. Well, sure. Because what if what? How did the CCP come to power? If you know your history, by doing a couple of things, right? First of all, changing the education, right? Right. And then secondly, disarming the citizenry. Correct. Because now suddenly you've got no power. You know. Uh, we just had the anniversary of Tiananmen Square, I believe, and um, the the pictures of the aftermath of of you know we see the one person standing in front of that tank, right? We see that image all the time. What we don't see is the aftermath of what they did following that person, right? Where they literally just mowed down people in the street, and and you see people just dead strewn about the street. That that's the picture you need to understand. Not the one of the guys sit standing in front of the tank. Yeah, that's a brave move, right? But there's like 30, 40 people in a picture just lying flattened to death. That's the image you need to understand because that's how far they're willing to go to keep power. And speaking of that, Pat, as we go backwards to the the free speech section of this, he wants to say that good ideas, great ideas win, right? No, they don't. Because if great ideas win, if the right ideas win, if the best ideas win, we, we wouldn't have abortion, right? We wouldn't have murder, right? We wouldn't have all of the things that are sinful and prideful in this country, right? We wouldn't have... Um, gender theory and critical race theory, right? Winning the day because they're terrible ideas. They're awful, horrible ideas. Ideas only win when they're backed by by political will. Exactly. Best ideas, good ideas, great ideas win when they're backed by political will. It ain't about your ideas. It's about your will. And there's a difference between political will and authoritarianism, by the way. A massive difference between the two. It is what are you attempting to gain by using your political will? Right? What is the intent? Yeah. What is the intent behind it? Is the intent to stifle somebody or is the intent to free somebody? 
So, with all of that being said, Pat, I cannot think of a weekend in which I've seen a candidate implode their own candidacy more. Now, you might have seen a lot of people hooting and hollering and cheering at that event in Des Moines. And by the way, can we also talk about this, Pat? Every one of the known candidates was at that event. It was like a ride in something. I forget the name of it. It's a pretty well-known event uh, on the political scene in Iowa. Everybody on the GOP side was there except for one person. Can you name that person? Uh, Was it Donald Trump? You are correct. Donald Trump didn't even bother to show up. More importantly, um, magically didn't give the video address that he was supposed to give to the crowd. Well, you you see, Andrew, he's going to be the nominee in 2024, and he knows it, and so he doesn't have to do all of this stuff anymore. Yeah, tell that to the people of Iowa, by the way, Pat, because uh, the people of Iowa, um, they care about you showing up and and being present and in person. Sarcasm, bro. I know. Yeah. 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 Having lived there and having lived through the primaries of 2007 and into the 2008 campaign, can tell you very much. Like I, I went and saw Barack Obama speak on campus at Iowa State when I was there. I went and saw all sorts of people speak in that 2008 campaign, and it was phenomenal to have that kind of access. I mean, you literally were on campus, and you would just see random candidates and and some of their security just standing there, glad handing and talking to the youth. That's great. I, it's just amazing to me, though, that the chutzpah of Donald Trump. Everybody else but me. What what message are you sending to the people of Iowa and then the people that are paying attention to what you do in Iowa? We'll see what that strategy is all about. Um, I will say this, though. That's not a winning strategy, especially not in Iowa. Um, and more importantly, folks, uh, be smarter than Vivek, please, on the campaign trail. This is insane. I'm going to play the, the victim while... while yeah, it, it, let's put it this way. He reminds me of, if you're a WWE fan, if a wrestling fan, he reminds me of the Eddie Guerrero, late Eddie Guerrero character, who he was all about lying, cheating, and stealing, right? And But what he would do later on is he became kind of a semi-babyface like baby face because what he would do is he would he would introduce like a weapon or some weird thing into the mix and then make his opponent... Uh, he would throw the chair at his opponent and then lie down like he just got hit in the head. <laughs> and it's absolutely hilarious because, the, you know, the joke is that they would the referee would fall for it and disqualify his opponent. Right. And, but he was really just cheating his way through it. He is attempting to do that. Only he's not Eddie Guerrero. He's not good at, you know, throwing the chair at the opponent and then playing the victim. You can't do that in politics, right? That doesn't work. Um, You can't throw the punch and then act like you got hit in the face. I mean, if you're going to be the Evan McMullen of the uh, 2024 election cycle, again, I go back to that last word of Ben Badeo's tweet, disqualifying. Yep. Yep. And with that, Pat, I think it's a great time for us to play a little bit of the B or not the B. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Okay, lay that headline on me, please. 
Alrighty then, today's headline, PetSmart is now selling Pride merch, so we all know why pets are getting monkeypox. PetSmart is now selling Pride merch, now we know why pets are getting monkeypox. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question, and while you're thinking about that, Andrew Coppins, folks, it's Monday. And if you can't tell by the sound of my voice, I am having some major allergy issues and congestion issues because of said allergy issues. Oh, and I thought you were you know, uh, going full Peter Pan. It, yeah, thank you. Um, so didn't get a lot of sleep last night. And um, my point is, is that uh, if you're in that position like me and it's you hate you have the case of the Mondays and you hate Mondays as much as I do. You might need a bit of a pick-me-up by going to coffeebrandcoffee.com. They've got great flavors over there. Andrew swears by their bourbon flavor. Are you still drinking that, by the way? Yeah. In fact, I just uh, we just placed a second order this weekend and got it, and uh, he, he cannot wait. I also got the strawberry and cream because I love oh, – yeah. strawberries are my favorite, uh, favorite fruit, period, amen. I absolutely love a good oh, strawberry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, I had to try that. Yeah, so so they, again, you, you just heard of a couple of flavors there. I highly recommend finding something that you know that you're going to like and then trying something that you've always wanted to try. Yep. So all you need to do is go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, use the promo code CRITICALTHINKING at checkout. You'll get 5% off your purchase today. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com, promo code CRITICALTHINKING at checkout. You'll get 5% off your purchase today. And I will even just add this, folks, Father's Day's in a couple of weeks. This could be a great just one-off Quick gift for dad. Yep. Especially yep. Dad's a quick, a quick, uh, quick, helpful little thing along with the card, you know? Right. Um, right. Something. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Lay that headline on me one more time. All right. PetSmart is now selling pride merch. So we now know why pets are getting monkeypox. You know, before we get into that, Pat, before I get into whether I believe this is the B or not the B, I, I just remembered something. I need to go. There's a PetSmart that's right down the road from where I live. Uh huh. I need to go check to see if they did what they did last year for Pride Month. Which is what? So they, you know how they have like in the windows, they'll have their logo and then they'll have like all the different like services they offer. Right. So yeah. like, you know, food, grooming, boarding or whatever. Right. Sure. Sure. Uh -huh. So last year for Pride Month, right underneath the word grooming they stuck the pride flag <laughs> oh. tell me tell me you're not speaking the truth without telling me you're speaking the truth so pets, i wish because remember i told you about this like we were in the car and i saw it and i never went past it again um uh, uh. like uh, every time i go past it i'm in the car i gotta walk down there and take that picture if it exists this year but uh, I gotta go. I'm gonna go with um, this being not the B. This is gonna be not the B. Are you sure? For a hundred dollars sure? of central bank digital currency. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. But I, I, I'm, I'm confident in my BS detector. This is not the B. You sick bastards out there. You sick 
bastards. Yep. So the the full headline is PetSmart is now selling Pride merch. So I guess we know why pets are getting monkeypox. Hey, oh, fur mommies and daddies. If you take your pets to PetSmart, there's a good chance they are totally being groomed there because check this out. And uh, this, uh, there's a tweet from the New York Post that says PetSmart becomes the latest company to face backlash over Pride merchandise. And they've got all sorts of Pride merchandise for pets. Of course and, they do. Yep, no joke. A pet, smart, a pet store selling two SLLGBTQ plus uh, merchandise for your pets during Pride Month. Oh, boy. It's, I mean, the... the like like one is like 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 a bikini for your dog. Another one's like a shirt and like a rainbow skirt for your dog. I mean, it's just this is tell pathetic. me like, tell I, me this isn't about sexualization of everything without telling me it's about sexualization of everything. What the well, hell? And I'm just like like look, I have two dogs. No, I first of all, I'm not the kind of person to dress my dogs anyway. But this is all this stuff is just crazy. Like, why would I buy any of this? Dude, there's even a freaking like what looks like a speedo on here. A little banana hammock for your uh, male dogs. Apparently, don't know why. Just... I, I don't know why either. Again, tell me it's it's not. Oh wait, it is about sexualization. Without telling me, it's about sexualization. It's literally sexualizing animals, like. This is there's a difference between like maybe putting a like a dog T-shirt with the pride logo on it or whatever the hell that that, right. Whatever. I don't care about that. But why are you needing to sexualize a damn dog? Well, because apparently sexualizing kids is not enough. So we're going to everything is sex in the guy who, by the way, started the gays against groomers group. Literally got went in front of the school board in his local uh, district and said, I'm gay. It is about sex. It's always been about sex. Why? Because being gay is about sexual identity. It's literally the point. It's literally the point. It is not about anything else. Never has been. It never should be. It's all about sex so why are we attempting to sexualize kids now we have long talked about this on the program that's the freaking point now i will say this to this gentleman and the people like him that they recognize that grooming is wrong but by and large ask him was he groomed where where did you learn about this behavior how did you go about this how did how did you figure it out? Ninety percent of the time, it's a way older adult with a sixteen, seventeen year old teenager. Like we're talking like an adult in their thirties, with the ability to discern whether that's right or wrong, and they're just going at it. That's grooming, folks. That's using power. That's using age. That's using all of that stuff. On children, that is grooming. That is grooming behavior by its very definition. But how far be it for me to say 
that that's all about sexualization. <sighs> all right, Pat, with that out of the way, um, we had enough to talk about Vivek today. But beyond that, Pat, we get word from not just here, but from abroad that um, they were attempting to misinform and not follow <clears throat> the science, as if there's a thing called the science, at least follow data and multiple studies and multiple pieces of information that they had at their disposal. And instead, they targeted kids with absolute misinformation. They absolutely were attempting to continue lockdowns. Remind you, Pat, that um, Randy Weingartner, right? Uh, that that wonderful, wonderful uh, Weingarten, excuse me, not Weingartner, uh, Weingarten, that wonderful head of the American Fred Federation of Teachers. It's never been about locking the kids down, and, and we were all for opening up the schools. What? Because it turns out that uh, according to <clears throat> newly obtained text messages show the heads of both major teachers unions in the United States personally texting then CDC director Rochelle Walensky as the agency was putting together a scientific analysis of reopening schools during coronavirus with the CDC making a key change that allowed schools to stay closed and appease the unions. Now, that, that part of the, the scenario, if you paid attention to what was going on at the time, that's exactly what happened, and we know it. We knew it then. We knew that the CDC changed the, the language of what they were going to come out with. What we didn't know is exactly what kind of pressure was being put on them. We believed that that pressure came from the teachers' unions. Firmly believed that. And you can roll back the tape to when this was going on. But on February 11th of 2021, American Federation of Teachers President Randy Weingarten texted Walensky saying that she heard a leak from the New York Times about what was in the CDC's upcoming guidance and expressed concerns that it was, quote unquote, at odds with their discussion. That means that, th that Walensky and Weingarten had a off text message discussion about reopening schools. Question for you, Pat. Did did. Walensky or anybody else, I don't know, talk to parents, talk to no. uh, school administrators, just the, how, how did they have that level of access? That's a great question. And furthermore, who gave them that access? Mm -hmm. This is the um, text message. Quote, they are running with a full speed ahead angle for reopening schools. That's what she wrote. She said that the time sent her a copy of the internal draft guidance and then said, at any level of community transmission, all schools can provide in-person instruction. Hmm. Erg. Walensky wrote to the union honcho. So Rochelle Walensky was mad about what was leaked at from the New York Times to Weingarten. The next day, Walensky's agency released guidance that was different than the leak. It said, quote, all schools have options to provide in-person instruction. 
That allowed school districts to stay closed while still saying that they were following CDC guidelines. Quote, middle and high schools in virtually on, in virtual only instruction unless they can strictly implement all mitigation strategies and have few cases. Remember, in 2021, we began to see what, Pat? Right, late in 2021, that younger students were likely to return to classes faster, and then we continued to see a long haul of the older the kids were in school, the longer they were staying out of in-classroom instruction, right? This is all set up by whom? The, the narrative that Randy Weingarten wants you to believe and wants us to believe is that they fully were on board with opening up schools if they were safe. They were never not safe. That's the point. That there's no data in the world that has ever existed during the history of COVID-19, Pat. Not a single data point that would suggest or point to schools being a bastion of transmission or unsafe for the kids or the adults versus the rest of society. There's not a single one of them. So the, the position that Weingarten wants you to believe was the prudent position, was absolute bullshit from the very beginning. I want you to think about that. <clears throat> Weingarten's union then put out a statement praising the guidance and texted the document directly to Walensky with a message, thank you. Walensky responded glowingly saying, this gave me the biggest smile of my week. Thank you, friend. With enemies like this, who needs friends, Pat? Or with uh, friends like this, who needs enemies? If you're the American people. Willens, uh, Weingarten then gently chided the CDC director for not going further to push stricter guidelines that would keep schools closed, saying, smiley face, we will fuss a little on ventilation, but I am so grateful. Me too. Totally fair, said Walensky. Now, this came from a FOIA request from the Fairfax Parents Association, by the way, a group of parents who fought to extend uh, to end extended school closures in a Democrat controlled Virginia district. The messages also show the president of other major teachers unions like oh, the other one, I should say, which is the National Education Association. Uh, that's Becky Pringle texting directly with the head of the agency and appearing to invoke diversity as an uh, as an argument to keep schools closed. Quote, just got off the phone with your folks. I appreciate them making themselves available, but I'm very concerned about timing and our ability to get the information I talked with you, RE, evidence gathered in more diverse settings. What more diverse of a setting do you need than studies done all over the effing world, Pat? Um, great question. I think this is also a perfect example of they don't care what the studies say. They just want their agenda. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, and the, the those teachers unions, by the way, they just want more vacation time to go to Puerto Rico. If you catch what I'm referencing there. Uh-huh. 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 Thanks for reminding me of the CTU. You're welcome. And apparently because you want to speak truth to power, Pat, they're going to just Shut your power off. <laughs> Just this room. 
Just this room. <laughs> just the room that you're specifically in. It's almost as if. But further than this, Pat, we also have information from Michael uh, Schellenberger this weekend that the UK government worked with both, uh, with not both, but the BBC, Google, and Facebook to secretly censor valid criticisms of COVID lockdowns and vaccines for kids. That's right. They were targeting the information about not getting kids vaxxed. And more importantly, what was going on with those kids who were getting vaxxed and the massive amounts of myocarditis and and all of that. And this is from the Daily Telegraph, by the way. Not exactly your, um, how shall we say this, um, right-wing fascist (laughs) newspaper. Um, Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So literally your kids were targeted for the worst of the worst misinformation and the worst of the worst outcomes, by the way. Because what could be worse than your kid losing most of, if not all, of their education for two, almost two years, Pat, right? In some cases, especially here in Chicago. And by the way, the people who needed in-person instruction the most are the ones who are falling behind the most. And then we also have the health implications of vax your kids. Don't listen to, oh, crap, there's a lot of really bad outcomes that could come your way. And, oh, by the way, you can't return to school if you don't have a vaccination, right? That was the big one here. Over there, something completely different. I am telling you right now, Pat, 20, 25 years from now, the implications of what took place during the COVID-19 scandemic. I don't know that we're going to be able to figure it out. Like, I don't think we're going to be able to put those dots together correctly, but it'll be there, right? It will be there. The lack of innovation, the decline of business, the decline of, um, you know, like I said, innovation, um, the decline of, of health, the mortality rate, the birth issues. How many of these things are going to be able to be tied back? Because again, I go back to this. We've talked about this. I believe it was H1N1. And it took them a decade to figure out that there was a link between some really bad health issues for young women that were getting these vaccines, right? For H1N1. It took them a decade to figure out the link. So when we start seeing some of these outcomes, are we going to quickly be able to reverse and reverse engineer why these things are happening? Or are we just going to blame something else and blame somebody else and blame this or blame that or put this group out of, you know, out of political power or that group out of political power? Are we going to realize that we made a massive mistake in our society and we're going to pay a severe price for it? This is the thing we warned our society about on this show for two plus years. You don't understand the implications of what you're doing. This is the greatest mistake that humans have ever made. I'm telling you right now, this is the greatest health and societal mistake we have ever made. Because we now also, Pat, have information that came out this weekend that indicates that there is some sort of genetic altering that has gone on with these mRNA shots. 
the fear that people most had is what is it going to do to me genetically, to me, to my immune system, to all of those things. It turns out that there's some sort of a mutation going on in a very important part of your immune system that continues to turn on the COVID-19 um, receptors. Like, oh, hey, by the way, here's COVID-19 again, and here's COVID-19. And oh, by the way, your body continuously thinks it's got COVID-19. And I have talked about, you know, my struggle with um, autoimmune issues, right? And I've talked about having to go gluten-free and changing up some things and, and doing some things differently in my life. And then pushing and then pulling it all back in and seeing how it reacts to my body instantly or over the long haul, right? And one of the biggest things is that when you have these issues, you're, it's because your body is tricking itself into attacking itself over and over again because it thinks that it's, it's got to go on the defense, right? Right. When it, when it shouldn't. When most normal people who don't have those issues, it doesn't have to attack itself. It's just going to process the, the food or process the drink or whatever, right? It doesn't happen for me that way. That's this. Only apparently altering the genetic part inside the immune system. So your immune system is constantly fighting, constantly attacking something that actually isn't there. And the implications of this are probably more autoimmune issues than we've ever seen before. The implications of this are we just put something into literally billions of people's bodies that has the ability to alter a very important system in your body and alter it in a really negative way. Because when you continue to have, when your body is continuously fighting something, it fatigues your body, it fatigues your joints, it fatigues everything. Your mind, all sorts of things are affected by your immune system and its continuous loop of fighting. When you stop that, you stop inflammation, you stop all sorts of issues. But with these mRNA shots, and, then, and the study that I've read on this over the weekend, Pat, doesn't imply that everybody has had this happen, but that there is a group in which they've been able to study that this does happen to. And that's a problem because they don't know how to reverse it. They don't know if medication is going to help reverse that. But they also don't know what the long-term implications of this type of altering of your genetics can do. That's a problem. It is. And we have no idea what that's going to do to us in 15, 10, 15, 20 years from now. An entire generation lost physically, spiritually, emotionally, academically, lost. It's a scary world to think of in 25 years. Any thoughts on... The implications of what we're learning about what was taking place behind the scenes. Well, my mind just kind of comes back to uh, this gem right here. Um, you know, rise of the fourth Reich. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, comes back to that, and uh, you know, confronting COVID fascism with a new Nuremberg trial, so this never happens again. I firmly believe. Anybody 
that try to instill their political will to enforce all these COVID mandates, lockdowns, school closures, especially against all data and reason and questioning and try to censor any kind of thought or questioning when it came to anything that was COVID related or the science related around COVID. Nuremberg, Randy Weingartner belongs or or Weingarten, excuse me, belongs in in the Nuremberg trial just as much as say Rochelle Lewinsky at this point. And what we're really seeing here too, Pat, is the implications of number one, echo chambers and, and number two, access. And then number three, lack of leadership because leadership is not about who has access to you and, and what they're asking you or telling you or wanting from you. Leadership is standing up in the face of that and looking at the totality of information that should be in front of you, that should be available to you, asking pertinent questions. Hey, by the way, is there a piece of information I don't have? Let me get that information. And then making informed decisions, not popular, not, you know, um, the easy decision. We, we don't have a nation of leaders at all. We, we have a nation of followers, and until we find real leaders, until we find people that are willing to just pursue the truth, <clears throat> Vivek Ramaswamy, until we're willing to, to do that, we get what we deserve. And it's why I firmly believe that dismantling the bureaucracy and its power in Washington, D.C., the easiest way to do so, Pat, is for what? The House of Representatives to, to stop allowing the bureaucracy to write law for them. And how do we and how does that happen? Because they literally, if you watch or look at the text of a bill, whole sections of a bill, right? Literally the first part of the bill will be US Department of Education and then fill in the blank. They just gave all of the power to, to write the rest of the law to the Department of Education because they don't want to be bothered to have to understand how to write a law. More importantly, the experts at the U.S. Department of Education are better at it than they would be. Oh, so you just gave the power to unelected bureaucrats. Until we dismantle that apparatus, until we have a leader that says no more, and we have multiples of those leaders. On both sides of the aisle, by the way, this is not a... We need Team GOP to do this. No, we just need anybody, anybody willing to say, "Uh uh-uh, no more, no more. We're going to take our power back and our political will back. Until we have that basic function back, none of the rest of it matters. And so as I look at the 2024 election, whom is saying those things? There's one right now, and that's Ron DeSantis. I'm not endorsing any candidate at all. I'm looking at whom gets it. Vivek doesn't. Vivek doesn't at all. Because he's part of that bureaucratic, crony capitalist apparatus. He is. Now, he may want to fight it so that it's better or reformed or changed. That's fine. But you're part of it right now. Ron DeSantis has gotten up multiple times over this past week and said exactly what needs to happen, that Congress needs to take its power back, that we that once we do that, we can start rooting out the bureaucracy, changing it, deflating it, deflating its importance in our lives. That's fine. 
but I want to see somebody do it. That's that. It's not just about saying it. It's about doing it. And Ron DeSantis, frankly, has done some of that in Florida. We've seen it in action. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And if you're going to go full Evan McMullen, it's disqualifying. Please be smart. Be safe. Be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals today. And as always, Matthew 547. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.